Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. All right, we are back. We said we'd talk a fair amount of Twins baseball in this hour. Sid had a chance to catch up with their pitching coach, Wes Johnson. That's an interesting story. Let's listen in. You okay? Oh, I'm good. After being a college pitching coach, did you ever expect what you're doing now? Um, not really. Um... You know, just I, I did expect to come in and just, you know, teach the way I've always been teaching. And and these guys have been really um, uh, open to it. And uh, so, yeah, that's that's I, I did expect that. But the success side of it, didn't know. Go back to when the, the bosses called you. Were you surprised? Um, I, I was a little bit. Sure. Yeah. I mean, I was just going about my regular business and and uh, back in Arkansas and was really shocked. What uh, what do you work with these guys? Is the same things you work in college? It is. It really is, actually. You know, it, it just um, uh, we work a lot more on pitch design here than I did in college. Uh, meaning, like, like for example, uh, continuing to help Martin with the cutter and Blake Parker's added a cutter and um, some other guys like today with Jose and his changeup. Uh, so we work more pitch pitch design here than I did in college. But, yeah. You've had three great pitching uh, starts in a row. Talk about each one. Oh, goodness. Um, well, I, I would start off with Jake Odorizzi. I mean, this guy was really good. Uh, he's worked. He had a phenomenal offseason and uh, just came in and is really executing his plan. And then you, you look at what Martin's done last night and how hard he's worked since spring training, since the day he showed up here. And, and you're starting to see it. He's starting to get real comfortable with this pitch mix. Uh, the cutter is really, really playing well for him now. And then, gosh, today, I mean, Jose works hard all the time. I mean, it's we almost have to get him not to work hard. <laughs> hey, take a day off. It's okay. Um, so he's prepared uh, the way he prepares, not only physically but mentally. Um, I, I can't – I could speak to for probably hours – but uh, just really excited that he really commanded his fastball today. And, and we didn't even have to really go to the breaking ball much, which is, you know, which is unusual for him. Can you keep this up? Well, that's the plan, right? <laughs> right. Uh, our plan is to keep it up and uh, continue to get better each week. You know, I think the, the easiest thing, is, as I tell these guys, you know, there's always a next level, uh, no matter who you are. And so, yeah, you, you put together a good week. Now let's put together a couple more good weeks and keep piling those on and on. What about the bull, bullpen? Are you happy with that? You know, I just see, seeing a guy walk through Ryan Harper, I can't, can't say enough about, you know, what he's been able to come in and do really his first year ever in the big leagues. Um, but, yeah, we're very happy. I mean, Taylor Rogers has been phenomenal. Trevor Hildenberger. Uh, obviously, Blake Parker. I mean, I go through them all. Trevor May today coming in, just pumping strikes. Uh, those guys have done really good for us. Specifically, what do you work with these pitchers? Oh gosh, that's uh, uh, that's uh, 
that could be a long uh, answer. Uh, different guys, different things. So, um, <clears throat> you know, I mean, we, we could we could really get into it. But a lot of guys is pitch mix. Um, but then there's other guys. Like one of the things we've worked on with Blake Parker is some things in his delivery, uh, his stride length, different things of that nature. Um, so it really varies, but it's going to go. Some guys are mechanical. Some guys are more pitch mix. Pitch mix. Okay. This club goes to the New York and to Toronto now. Can you keep this up? Yeah, you know, guys, Toronto, or let's start with New York, I guess, first. Um, New York, uh, yeah, I mean, we need to come in and throw strikes. These guys can really hit. And then Toronto obviously took three or four from us at home. So we're, we're, we're going to have to keep it up or, or, or they'll get us. I mean, those are two really, really good lineups. So we're going to have to execute pitches, but I feel confident we'll be fine. How about you, guy, beating Houston? Three out of four. Uh, did you expect that? Oh well, yeah, yeah. You always expect to, you know. I mean, we prepare and and and, and uh, play to win, and so you hope if you go out and put forth your best game that um, uh, you know you come out on the you know on the winning side. But with that being said, no, they're, they're a really quality club, and uh, was really really pleased that we threw the ball well. And gosh, give our offense a ton of credit. I mean, uh, these guys can really hit. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, that was Wes Johnson. Oh, it was fun to listen to him. He's got such an interesting story coming out of the college ranks. It's not only being followed locally. That story is being followed nationally. He may be the beginning of, of a trend. We'll keep an eye on that. Take a break here. Come back, talk more sports right after this. You are listening to the Sports Huddle with Sid, Dave, and Mike. All right, we are back. I, I want to correct something I said a couple minutes ago. Uh, in terms of texting us, it's been 81807 for years now. I am told there was a change during the week and that if you want to text us, use the, the studio number, which I give all the time, 651-989-9226. So try that, although some of you are getting through, so I wonder if you're trying the old one, it's referring you to the new one. But there may be a problem with texting. We'll make sure that we're, we're on top of that by next week. But we're getting a number of text messages, so it appears to be working one way or another. I will be giving that. Uh, that studio number a little bit later in the show because it does look like we're going to have at least one segment for your questions, so stay tuned for that. Now, the other half of that interview situation, Sid not only talked to the pitching coach, Wes Johnson, but he talked to the hitting coach, and the Twins hitting is uh, right about the top of uh, Major League Baseball right now, and James Rousen must have something to do with that. Let's listen in. You want this tomorrow morning, too, or is this in place of that? How'd you become a hitting coach? I was a bad hitter, so I had to work on I, I learned a lot about it because it was hard for me to do as a player. So, you know, just studying it over the years and, and learning to get better at it. Who helped you the most doing um, that? You know, it, there were a lot of people, um, a lot of people throughout my career. Um, mostly some of the guys in the um, Yankee organization when I was coming up did a good job of just kind of showing me the way. How was your experience with the Yankees? It was good. I learned a lot along the way. Um, I started there as a young coach and, and learned from a lot of good people how to do things the right way and, and try to continue to do that throughout my career. Anybody special you learn a lot from? Um, I would say probably the guy who taught me the most is Gary Dembo, who's, um, he was actually a hitting coach in the major leagues for the Yankees and some other teams, and now he uh, works with the Florida Marlins in uh, a front office capacity. How about some of the good Yankee hitters you developed in the minor league? How about the right fielder? Uh, Aaron Judge. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, you know, I was fortunate to be around a lot of those kids when they were coming up. Number one, all those guys are really talented. So, you know, to get a chance to work around guys that have that much talent is, is pretty fun to do, and you're really just kind of guiding them. I think they've been given the God-given ability to hit, 
and along the way you're just trying to help them out with little things along the way that may help them get to the big leagues. Let's talk about this team. They're not hit. They didn't hit last year like they're hitting now. What's turning them around? Um, I think there's no better teacher than experience for the guys that were here. You know, the guys that were here have another year of experience under their belt. You know, they had a chance to now see some of the pitching. They've they've seen these guys. They're more comfortable. They understand what's being asked of them on the on the daily basis. And the other guys that are some of the newer guys here, they have a really good track record. The C.J. Crones and the Nelson Cruz's, Marwin Gonzalez's. Those guys are the world. Jonathan Scope. They have a track record. They know what they're doing up there. How about uh, Polenko and Rosero? The way they're hitting. Why are they so much better this year? Um, those guys prepare as good as anybody. Uh, Rudy Hernandez, who's our assistant hitting coach here, um, they do a very nice job. They work together with Rudy a lot of times and do a lot of uh, drill work and things that they've been working on for the last two years. And it's nice to see it now kind of come to fruition and work out for them. Kepler, has he improved? Absolutely. Absolutely. Again, and when you watch Max improve, it's just I think nothing helps him more than just the experience. Um, he's an aggressive hitter. He's starting to learn who he is on the daily basis and just goes out and keeps it simple for himself. Okay. He hit the left-handers better last year than this year. Yeah, I think this year it's kind of a short, you know, we haven't seen quite as many yet. So I think over time we'll be able to tell how that works out. But so far this year, you know, we haven't seen very many left-handers. So I think I'm not really worried about them. I think over time that will even itself out. Why is Buxton off to such a better start? Um, you know, it, it, credit to him. He really worked his tail off this offseason. Um, I think he learned a lot from that past season, and he came in, you know, looking to just dominate right from the start. So it's really nice to see him get off to a good start, and I think he's going to kind of continue going that direction. How do you try and improve these guys? How do you work with them in the batting cage? Uh, each guy's a little bit different, Sid. So um, when you're working with them, you kind of talk about – you work to their strengths, you work to what they do well, and you continue to kind of work along that line. But there's no one recipe for the whole group of guys. You kind of have to treat them all like separate individuals. You think this club can go a lot farther than last year? I think this club's mindset has to be to take it one day at a time. I think these guys do a really good job of that and, and win the day. I mean, go out and win that day. And, you know, so far... We've done that more times this year than we haven't. So I think, you know, you don't want to get too far ahead of yourself. You want to stay in the moment, kind of be where your feet are. And as long as these guys stay there, I think, you know, we can possibly do some things this year. How about Sunday when they hit five home runs today? That's always fun to watch. You know, it's fun when you can go out there and um, see the hard work pay off and, and these guys go out there and, you know, stay aggressive and get good pitches. And when they get these good pitches, they're hitting them hard. So right now they're doing everything, you know, that you ask them to do, and, and it's kind of fun to watch. Thank you. Oh, no problem. You got it. Hi, it's James Rowson. He's an interesting guy, as uh, Johnson. I mean, two, two good additions to the coaching staff, certainly working so far. Uh, I talked about text messaging. Somebody got through, and they said, how come you didn't give a Murray's gift certificate to Danielle Robinson? That was my fault. I, I thanked her and said goodbye. Sid was a little bit distracted at the time. Well, we just talked to her. He said, yeah, of course. So she will when she gets into uh, work on Tuesday at the Lynx uh, game. She will indeed have a Murray's certificate. Thank you for checking us out on that one, but uh, that one's all taken care of. Okay, we will uh, take a quick break here, come back, talk some more sports, and uh, I'm still looking for that right spot to get you involved. I'll give you at least one segment head start on that before we give the phone numbers. You're listening to the Sports Auto. Sid, Dave, and Mike.
And we are back. Uh, we uh, we found out about uh, the seventh inning yesterday that we were going to have a final hour of the show today. So we've been trading phone calls and text messages with a couple of potential guests. We do know we have Tim Cheetah lined up. Always oh, fun to talk to Tim Cheetah, Tim Cheetah about umpiring. We're going to do that in about eight minutes. We may have one or two phone segments, including this one right here. We're prepared to talk to each other. But if there are things on your mind that you want to get involved, this would be a good time to give us a call. 651-989-9226. Call right now. 651-989-9226. We'd be happy to talk to you about anything that might be on your mind. I want to go back to the uh, to the Twins. You know, when they signed Marwin Gonzalez, I thought that was a really good signing. I, I knew how much they liked him in, in Houston. Got off to a tough start, hitting less than 200. I really had no appreciation for what a good defensive player that he turned out to be. First of all, we saw him at third base without Sano. They put him in the outfield. They'd lose little or nothing in the outfield with him out there, Mike. No, you're right, and in fairness, he kind of replaces Escobar with the trade last year, and Escobar's hitting over 300, so he's doing yeah, well for three himself. three home runs in the last week. Uh, as well. Gonzalez gives you a little bit more um, uh, bat speed, a little bit more power. You talk to him, he's an athletic big guy, a uh, much bigger guy, and, and he, he told me earlier in the year, he said, this, this weather was wearing me out. I haven't learned how to hit through this weather, and I think that's true. Uh, for a few guys, but I think as it gets warmer too, he'll get better uh, in terms of quality at bats and whatnot. But uh, uh, he is uh, seems to fit right in, and, and you can see why they want him. It's amazing because if you look last year at the guys that they signed, you go, okay, it, they look almost the same in terms of their profile coming in, but these have performed and last year's didn't. Yeah, there's there's no comparison. Sid, you started to bring that up in the last segment. We got excited a year ago about the the players that the Twins brought in, but compared from last year to this year, the difference is just enormous in the performance. Just I think do we have one of our guests? Uh, oh, no, we're going to change direction here and talk golf because Hollis Kavner, who is a very business, very busy man this morning, uh, Hollis is joining us right now. Hollis, obviously people are interested on in who you've got lined up. Uh, you've got the 3M coming up. Actually, it's only two months away. That's hard to believe. And you've, uh, you've announced some big names so far, and I assume there are more to come. There's a lot more to come. Matter of fact, we're here uh we run the Wells Fargo Championship in Charlotte, and uh, which is on CBS today. And uh, uh, I've been talking to a lot of guys here, Tony Finau, and a bunch of the guys who have already, you know, top top players who say they're coming and and things like that. So we're going to have a really good, really really good, uh, strong field. So it, it's it's exciting for us. I mean, I, I think we've got, uh, um, you know, for a fir- very first year event, usually it takes years to build up a, a good field. But we're we're going to come out of the shoot with a really strong field, Sick. and uh, you know, with all that and, and Zach Brown band and everything else playing out there, it's it's going to be a great. Ha- it's going to be the best party of the summer, is the way I'm the way I'm putting it. That's it, that's what we're doing. Not we're not doing just a golf tournament. We're having the biggest uh, outdoor outdoor event of the summer. Is the way we want to way we want to have it. So, the, um, but uh, yeah, I'm I'm happy with the players so far. We're getting. All right, Sid. How about Tiger Woods? Any chance? I him get there. Yeah, I actually said yes. There's a good chance of us getting him, and we we got our fingers crossed. But yeah, I mean, it's uh, um, he, he's we've talked to his people already. We've been in con- contact with everybody, and 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 we were told that if he if he plays between the the, the two uh, majors, that uh, uh, we fit the date. So we fit right in the category. So uh, I feel good about it. I mean, that's you know we're we're bated breath. But yeah, I mean, we're talking to him, and we'd love to have him be there. And and you know, it 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 does fit with what he tries to do every year at, at the uh, um, at, at the events, and when he got, you know when he when he plays and and uh, with his schedule, because uh, um, and that's that's what we're going by. So good luck today, Serge. 
<laughs> Alice, you're running a tournament right now. Am I? Was that tournament delayed twice by rain yesterday? Oh yeah, oh yeah. yeah. We, <laughs> we we had her. Uh, we were, we had to evacuate twice yesterday. So it was uh, it was a it was a very interesting day here in Charlotte. But you know the thing is, the tournament is so good, and uh, you know it, it, it it's been here for 15 years. And and actually, our, it's funny. Our field here is is uh, this week our uh, is is a tremendous field and. It's it's about what uh, what the field we've got in Minneapolis already, and you know Charlotte's one of the best events on tour. So I'm feel you know I feel very good about where we're at. And uh, but yeah, we've got a we've got chance of rain again today. And uh, you know it's I, you know hopefully it holds off and lets us get it you know get a champion crown to, this afternoon so we can we can get get back to Minnesota. Hollis, Mike, Max, here has Benelli and them been able to cash in on this? Is it a whole different sell for them locally because it's a uh, PGA event, or is it the same? Uh, no, it's it's a lot. It's it's just it's just a whole different event. You know, this is. I mean, the the Championship Tour was fabulous when it was, it was a wonderful event. Uh, but I, I can tell you, that when you go to the PGA Tour, it's just night and day what what you're selling and everything else. And you know the the buzz about the PGA tour and, and everything else is just so much better than, than it is for champions tour, unfortunately. And, and, um, so it's, the sales are a lot easier. Uh, so Vanelli's having a lot easier time this year. <laughs> Careful yeah. on those bonuses then that you're promising there, him. There goes Vanelli's commission. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, and, you know, and, and we got, you know, they've got Tom Vanelli there and Ryan, uh, you know, we've, we've really got some good sales guys. We just hired, uh, 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 Lou Nanny, little Lou. All right. Bought, yeah, just brought little Lou Nanny on board as a sales guy, and and uh, so he, he's already kicking it. And you know, his uh, first, his very first day on the job, he sells two hundred fifty thousand dollars worth. Wow, that's, that's not a bad not start. A, that's not a bad start. <laughs> I, I told him, I said, you don't don't think it's like this every day, kid. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, don't tell him that. Tell him that that's that's the bar now. Uh, yeah. Hollis, I think Sid's got another question. Sid, how about the golf course? Is it now in shape for for the tournament? It's you know said it's early yet, but we're going to be in great shape. I, Tom Lehman did such a tremendous job on the redesign of the golf course and 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 everything. I can't tell you how proud I am of Tom and and the the work that the our, our construction crews did out there. But we've got the golf course; it's going to be great. Uh, some of the players have already checked it out and said you know they they love it. They think it's going to be a great test for them. It's going to be hard. I mean, it's it, you know we were, we made it easy for the Champions Tour guys and 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 tried to make those scores and everything, uh, you know. But we're going to make it. It's going to be very hard and, uh, for the uh, for the for the regular tour. I mean, we're we're going to set it up difficult. And uh, I, but I think the golf course is going to going to hold its own uh, very very well. And as I said, I'm very very proud of what Tom's done to, done to help us out out there. Hollis, you may be the busiest guy in golf. I wasn't mm. sure if this was going to work this morning, but you're always so good about giving us a call. We appreciate it. No, I'm glad to do it and, and looking forward to getting back to Minnesota and, and uh, uh, getting back to work on the 3M. But, uh, you know, this is our sixth event this year already that we ran. So <laughs> I don't know how you do it, man. Well, I, I, I'm taking after Sid. You work every day. You do it until you're 95 or 100, and you just keep going. That's 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 my he's my hero. I think the ninety nine year old has got some parting words for you right here, Sid. <laughs> How about Heron Lehman? Will they play in the Oh, somebody you know, asked that. What about uh, what's the what's the price? Prices for tickets. You know, it's package for a single day. 
Yeah, well, first off, it's it's forty five dollars for a single day ticket and stuff. But we've got we've got all kinds of prices and stuff, different prices for you know uh, concerts and things like that. But you know, we're letting kids in free and everything else as always as I always do. Uh, you know, we're we're one of the few events that uh, allows the uh, kids to come to their events free. Uh, you know, no no disrespect to any other teams, but none of the none of the sports teams in town do that, but us. And um, so we wanted to where the families can come out and, and sit and, you know, yeah, is it a big time PGA Tour event? Yeah. But it's also, uh, it's going to be affordable enough that families can be a part of it. Uh, kids, kids coming out there, uh, you know, it, it, we make it easy for them. So, and about uh, Lehman and Heron, uh, Sid, neither one are exempt for the tournament to play in it, but I'm giving both the sponsor exemption uh, to play this year because, you know, they're the, to me, they're the two greatest players ever come out of Minnesota by far and two great guys. And I want to see them play in the inaugural, uh, the inaugural event in the Twin Cities. I just, I think it'd be, it'd be important and it'd be fun for them to, 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 to be able to, to be there and play and be a part of, you know, uh, of the, uh, of the kickoff. So Hollis, there you are, there you are with breaking news, Sid. Hollis Kavner <laughs> for being on the show. We'll get your certificates to Murray, the best stake in town. Looking forward to seeing you personally. I haven't seen you in uh, a long time. I look forward to it, Sid. And you take care of yourself, and, and I'll see you here in a few, uh, you know, couple of months. You better be out there, okay? <laughs> He'll be there. Hollis, thanks so much. Keep that rain away. Right. Get the tournament in All today. Right. All right. Thanks, guys. Take care. Bye-bye. Hollis Kavner, back with more after this. Sports Huddle, Sid, Dave, and Mike. Welcome back, Sports Huddle. Mike Max, Dave Mona, Sid Hartman, joining us now, retired American League umpire, umpire in Major League Baseball umpire, Tim Cheedux, uh, umpire extraordinaire. And, and Tim, I, I got to tell you, I was thinking about you this week, and we watched the Twins play Houston four games. Three of them were played in less than three hours. Uh, what do you, you know, we've talked a lot about time and trying to keep it entertaining for fans. Uh, is that pitching-driven, cold-weather-driven, umpire-driven? Who can control that the most? The guy, the guy on the mound controls pretty much everything in the yeah. in the length and, and the pace of a baseball game. That's it's always been like that, and I don't ever see it changing. Did you, if you're an umpire, can you uh, if if they get into a rhythm like that, can you keep things going at all? Is there anything you can do get keeping batters in, etc.? Because it was sure fun to watch when they get like that. Well, yeah, you, you know, you just kind of pick up that same flow, that same tempo yourself. Sure. Uh, you really can't force the guy in there, but, but, uh, you know, hitters will respond naturally to a guy that works quickly. And, uh, uh, if the, if the pitcher gets the ball and he's ready to go, you know, now you're putting pressure on that hitter to hit at your pace, which is what you want. I'm surprised more pitchers don't do it, but, uh, that, that series in Houston was, uh, was kind of an exception because, uh, you, you saw pretty good pitching three out of the four games. Actually, four out of the four games, except for the one yeah. blowout. But but uh, but uh, Houston pissed well that Hey Tim, I got a question for you. Uh, you argue ball strike, automatic ejection, but there seems to be a fine line, and I, and I think the Twins manager, new manager in his first year, is trying to find out where that line is. And that is when can you ask for an opinion check with the first or third base umpire? Uh, the rules state that uh, if the if the batter if it's if it's the plate umpire calls rules a ball. And the defense requests an appeal you are obligated to. You have to, by rule, ask for help if you call it a ball. If you call it yourself a swinging, a swinging strike, 
um, there, you don't, it doesn't go the other way. It, it, it's, it's a final decision by the plate umpire. And, and when you call that as a plate umpire, you really, really need to be sure. And, and, but, but what you see in today's game, I think it's a little bit of an issue that, that the players' argument isn't necessarily that they didn't go as much as it is, why didn't you ask? Mm-hmm. And, yeah. and umpires, just by nature, you know, you like to call your own stuff. You want to call your own game, and, and, and that's been that way. I, I, I will say this. I, I guarantee you, if the Players Association makes enough noise about this and requires the rule to be changed, it'll change. Mm. They'll, they'll, they'll decide that they, they have to go either way, that you can, that you can reverse a strike call by the plate umpire as well as reverse a ball call. I, I, I think that's coming in the not-too-distant future. I think there's a groundswell out there uh, of players complaining. And, and nowadays, when you complain, it's not just in this morning's paper. It's on social media. It's on all the websites <laughs> and everything else. And the next thing you know, everybody thinks there's a problem. And once they start thinking that way, then things usually change. Absolutely. How about different umpires calling balls and strikes? Is there a lot of difference in some umpires, the way that you call them? You know, in today's game, not so much. I I would say 15 years ago, you could easily spot a disparity from night to night as to whom was was, uh, calling balls and strikes. But in today's game, the umpires are all evaluated on the same electronic analytic system. Uh, For example, if I had home plate last night, uh, by well, by ten o'clock this morning, I would have the results of my game on the umpire's website, which I'm obligated to log into mm-hmm. and check the, the what the what the uh, the uh, electronic system said what my performance was. So you know the old the old saying you the you don't have poetic license back there to say what the old line was. That's my strike zone. Well, there's no such <laughs> thing as my strike zone anymore. You know, it's the strike zone, and you're. You know, if, if you're out there and you're being a little bit too creative, I can assure you that you're going to get reined in by the commissioner's office and uh, you're not going to be umpiring in October. You know, along the lines of what Dave was asking about before, Rocco Baldelli, a first-year manager like that, what is the what, what do you notice about a first-year manager? What do they need to know about their relationship with umpires? Or What's the learning curve? What do umpires want and what do you watch for out of a first-year manager? Well, the first thing they really have to learn is they have to learn to put their spikes away and that they're not playing anymore. Mm. And what I mean by that is, you know, you have to set an example of behavior for your team and what they're going to, they're going to, you know, climb on board or, you know, they're going to follow suit as to how you react to certain things. Rocco, I knew him as a player and he, as I watch him manage, his personality is completely the same as it was as he was a player. He was not a complainer. He was, more concerned about what his duties were and taking care of what he could take care of and didn't worry about what the umpires were doing. And just watching him, I see the same thing. And if you watch this team, they don't complain much. You know, of course, they don't have, haven't had a lot to complain about so far. <laughs> yeah, well. you know, and, and, but, yeah, if they get in a four- or five-game skid, that, that could change for, briefly. But I don't see him changing his personality. I think he's very comfortable in his own skin. I think he feels good about what he's doing and how he's doing it. I think he trusts his coaching staff. Um, and and uh, I think the players are really buying into it. I, 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 don't, uh, you know, I don't think he has any magic formula going on over there, but he, he's just a very credible guy. And I'll bet he's a, a, a real good communicator one-on-one. Tim, I've always wanted to ask you this. Uh, all of your time in the game, you, you encountered a whole lot of managers. 
Were there some that were more creative than others? It's been a while since I've seen an umpire break out laughing, but over the years when I covered the game, there were some managers who had the ability to make a point, but they could do it in a way that obviously didn't really irritate the umpire. From time to time, you could actually see a smile or a grin emerging out of it and say, geez, I wish I knew what he's saying right now. Yeah, you know, the last one of that generation, I'd have to say, is Buck Showalter. Bucky was, he and I, uh, we'd go back to uh, the Southern League together when he was still playing and I was managing, or I was umpiring double A. And and, uh, Buck's a smart guy. And and he could could say something to you that, you know, if you really broke it down, kind of cut you right to the bone, but it it wasn't profanity-laced or it wasn't loud. Uh, and all of a sudden he's back in the dugout and you realize what he just said to you was maybe grounds for ejection. If you'd have been able to pick it up fast <laughs> enough, but he kind of, he kind of, he kind of hit and ran you. I always say, well, I'm not going to walk over two pitches later and tell him he's ejected from something. <laughs> I've thought about that. And now you're out of the game. <laughs> yeah. Guess what? You're not going to believe it. I finally figured out what you said. But, uh, uh, he was, he was very good at it. Um, Bobby Cox was actually in his own way very, as, as was Tom Kelly, and, and uh, it's kind of funny because Tom Kelly and Bobby Cox actually kind of had the same philosophy, but they went about it completely opposite directions. Uh, TK's philosophy always was that he felt that his team had a better chance to win the game if he stayed in the game. He, he didn't he didn't see any advantage to getting ejected whatsoever, and he also just told his players just stay away from the umpires it, it, it doesn't do you any good and all it does is you know get you off your track and we don't want that now bobby cox was kind of the same way in that his philosophy with his players was he does not want to lose a player to ejection so he told his players leave the umpires alone i will take care of it and yeah you know if you had maddox or glavin or smoltz or one like all they had to do was throw a couple close pitches and you call them balls and they would look in the dugout at bobby and that's all it took you know <laughs> bobby'd start tripping on pitches and eventually you'd tell him to be quiet and he'd just keep going and then you just ejected him and i remember one night uh and it was never personal with bobby in fact one night i i ejected him and the game in, i ejected him like the fifth inning and the game went like 12 and in the 11th inning i had to go into the dugout to use the facilities and there he was down behind the you know behind the (laughs) and he's sitting there in his t-shirt with a cigar in his mouth and he's watching the game on this you know 50 inch tv screen and i come by and he goes hey timmy you're doing a great job tonight you know keep it up up." (laughs) the heck are you talking about i just jerked you five you know three hours ago over balls and strikes now you're telling me how good i am that's but that's the way he was, you know, and, and even after, you know, if you'd, if you'd, you'd eject him, you saw him walking out of the ballpark, he always said, hey, nice job tonight. You guys did great, you know, and, and that's just the way he was. And, and, uh, and that, that's, you know, sometimes these guys today, they're so, they're so serious all the time and they're wrapped up so much in all this analytics and statistics and everything that they forget to enjoy it. And I watch the games today, and I still I still enjoy watching the game. And I'll go to some games once if the weather ever warms up around here. I'll go out <laughs> to the ballpark. But I watch I watch a guy like Bryce Harper, and I just say, you know, kid, you need to enjoy this game. You need to learn how to enjoy it because you even just you know he's struggling right now, but he doesn't have any fun when he's playing the game. You, you know, Ken Griffey Jr. had fun. Paul Molitor had fun. Uh, Robin Yount had fun. Kent Herbeck had fun. Those guys. You know, they were getting paid to play a man's game. Kirby Puckett, they had fun. They enjoyed it. It wasn't all about statistics and hits sure. and, and on-base percentage yeah. and all some of that, you know, some of that hoopla yeah. that just is, gets so out of whack. 
Tim, hey, thank you very much. It was really fun. Always a pleasure to be on with you guys. Thanks again. Okay, it's Tim Cheetah back with more after this. Sports Huddle, Sid, Dave, and Mike. All right, we are back quickly. Uh, we're going to keep this one on the cul-de-sac. We're going to go to my neighbor here next, uh, Roy Smalley. Twins have an all-star team of analysts, and Roy uh, really has got a deep understanding of the game. Before we get into some of that, Roy, just your early impressions of the major league-leading Minnesota Twins. Well, they've been fun to watch, haven't they? Uh, it, they it looks like the offense is for real. They can really swing the bats, and and. That's not only fun to watch, but it's a great source of pride uh, on a team and a, a great source of confidence. Uh, when you uh, when you know you can hit, you're never out of a ball game, and you all, you feel like when you take the field in the first inning that you're going to get your uh, your pitchers and runs. And the second part of that is they can catch the ball too, and, and for the most part. And and um, so as as a unit, they look at we can score some runs and we can prevent the other team from uh, scoring on on defense. So uh, that's a pretty good feeling. Right. You played in New York. Do, do, do guys, and by the way, thank you. You made the mistake going to the same restaurant I was at last night. And the next thing you know, I had you signed up for the show. So I'll <laughs> teach you, but it's good, yeah. great to see you last yeah, night. That, that you're, you're well-dressed even when you're casual, buddy. That restaurant's off the list now. <laughs> uh, but, you know, when you, like, do players think, okay, I'm in Yankee Stadium, ball jumps out of here, I'm taking a shot. Do, do you ever change your approach that way based on a stadium as to, as to how you're going to go about your uh, uh, once you get in the box? You do when the stadium is is that dramatic. I think uh, Yankee Stadium and Fenway are the you know two best examples of uh, things that you can have in mind when you, when you go in there. But it's especially true for the home team. I know when I played for the Yankees, uh, you know, all that depends on the pitcher and how how you think that even as a visiting player, how you think the pitcher is going to pitch you. But uh, you know, other things being like that being uh, equal or conducive uh, to changing, uh, yeah, you'd uh, I, you'd you'd look for that um, that right field porch in, in the Yankee Stadium, especially as a home team player. When I when I when I played there for almost three years. Uh, I, I tended to be up on the plate a little bit more, looking for the looking for something from the middle of the plate uh, to the inside corner where I can I could try to pull the ball. You think Buxton can keep up what he started? Well, that's a great question, Sid. Um, I hope so. That the approach looks a lot more solid uh, this year uh, than in years past. Uh, we've seen him look that way in streaks. Uh, in the past, so I, I think it's it's too early to tell. There are still some things that he does in terms of not uh, recognizing slider early and you know swinging it at, at balls you know out of the strike zone down and away. Um, still chases some high fastballs, you know, little things like that that get him in trouble. But for the most part, it um, it looks pretty solid, and and I think he's in a good spot with the, with the way this lineup can hit. I think Rocco Valdell is just going to leave him in the ninth spot. So that even, you know, at least subconsciously, if not overtly, uh, he doesn't think that he has to be the star yet. He can just contribute um, as best he can and and find his way as a, as a hitter in a big league. So I, I think it's positive so far. Roy, I may have the inning wrong, but it was in the Houston game at home. And I think four consecutive Twins hitters, might have been the sixth inning, came up and absolutely just mashed the first pitch is that does that come from the batting coach the players talk about it because it was pretty clear they were up there and they said if this is anywhere near I'm going after it and it was from a fan's point of view it was astonishing and fun well Dave there I really think that I uh it's a uh it's a concerted effort on the part of the 
of the lineup, the hitters and, and the hitting coach. Uh, James Rousen's terrific, I think, and, and I've talked with him extensively about various things. I could never figure out why there was this big uh, the misconception that you try go up and try to work counts, right, and, and make the pitches, throw a lot of pitches, take a lot of pitches, and I think that uh, really holds a hitter uh, back because you can – you can take the, the pitch you want to get three and one. You work so hard to get to three and one, so you get that fastball down the middle. I mean, you might get that on the first pitch. So you can take that for strike one and never see it, never get to three and one again. And, and so what James Rousen, uh, I'm a big proponent of being aggressive early, uh, but doing it the right way, which means look for the ball that's your pitch to hit right from the, from the get-go. And if it's there, smoke it. If it's not there, that doesn't mean just a ball. If it's on the corner, if it's a pitch that where you don't barrel it up as well, take that one and and um, you know live to to see some some other pitches. And the way the Twins hitters with this lineup have worked the count is just exactly that way. They go up ready to hit the one they want to hit. If it's there, they they attack it. If it's not, then you see a little bit uh, a little bit longer at, at bats. And and uh, that's James Rousen's theory as well. And I think they're doing it. Uh, exceedingly well so far. I think it's uh, it, it, their home runs are way up, uh, which we expected uh, might be the case. The strikeouts are way down, which we didn't expect to be the case. You say, well, you know, how in the world can that be? And I think you you put it directly on that approach that we that I just talked about. Roy, well, always a pleasure to visit with you, and for being on the show, we'll get you a murder certificate, the best out in town. Thank you. Dave, you can just throw it in his mailbox. Yeah, I'll, just, I'll bring it home with me, Roy, but uh, I, uh, we want to make sure that, that Mike's not there whatever night you yeah, choose yeah, to, yeah. to use that murder certificate. Just don't, just don't ask me to meet you somewhere with it. <laughs> Roy, always a pleasure. That was Thanks, a Roy. great analysis. Yeah. All right, we'll be back with more right after this. Sports Huddle, Sid, Dave, and Mike. And now, if you want to call us in the last three minutes here, uh, I'm sorry we went a little long, but it's fun talking to Cheetah and Smalley. That, Terrific guess. 651-989-9226 if you want to call us quickly on that. Interesting stuff uh, that what Roy had to say about Rouse and that we had the Rouse and interview just a little bit earlier there. There is a change. And when the, the hitting's up, the home runs are up, the strikes are outs are down. You know what? That's so much more fun for the players in the field and the fans in the stands. And, you know, I saw a statistic on ESPN the other night that uh, AAA is now using Major League Baseball. <laughs> yeah. And it's up like... Forty percent. It was more runs. than that. It was almost double. Yeah, it was almost double. Yeah, the number of home, what we're talking, number of home runs. They switched the major league baseballs at AAA, and the number of home runs is skyrocketing. Yeah, that, that tight lacing, I guess. Yeah, Jim huh? Cott talked about that when he was a guest a couple of weeks ago. I don't know, Dave and Sid, you can comment on this, but I can't remember a period of time since I've been uh, uh, around baseball that I've seen so many changes in five years between the shift, power hitters, oh. uh, bullpen starts. Um, batting orders not meaning as much. I, has baseball ever gone through as much revolution as they have? You know, instant replay being introduced, all that stuff in the last ten years. No, it, it's amazing, Mike. And you named most of them. I'm sure there are more out there. But it, it, you know, for a game that was always referred to as stodgy, they have probably made more accommodations to to bring it up to up to date and to make it more appealing to the fan. Cutting down the amount of time between innings, between pitches. You know, I think they're doing a lot of things going the right direction. But you know, the weather has been so miserable. Oh. I have to believe the Twins at some point will be the beneficiary. He said, I think the fans are going to come back. But this weather has been so terrible up to this point. The home for home games. 
We have the worst att- attendance in baseball. No doubt. And the, and the best team right now. Nobody come, come in the games. Even when the weather is a little good, they're not coming. Well, part of it, there's been so little notice. Even when the weather was good, the forecast was, was, was lousy. All right, listen, we get one caller in here. Donnie, you did what we asked you called, so go ahead. Donnie in South oh. St. Paul. Yeah, hey, uh, Roy Smalley, what a guy. You know, he did the Special Olympics here. And, he sure did, yep. Uh, in, in 81, they had a uh, baseball strike, I think, occurred. And uh, this, we had a, a local hypnotist named Harvey Mizell. He yeah. was going all over the country, hypnotizing guys. He set up a, a clinic with all the players on strike at Denning Field. So after the after this thing, Roy Smalley's out there with one of the world's worst high school shortstops you've ever seen, and Roy's out there for like 45 minutes, hour, working with his kid. I mean, he's such a terrific asset. You know? Donnie, we're out of time. Were you the shortstop? I could have been, but what, <laughs> it, it, it could have been. It could, could have been shit, too. <laughs> <laughs> hey, we appreciate the call. I'd love to have you go on uh, sooner, but we are out of time. I want to thank our, our guest at Adrian Heath. We don't get that much chance to talk soccer. We did that. Ethan Casson, obviously, will have their hire on next week. Mike Zimmer, Randy Sampson talking about that odd finish at the Kentucky Derby yesterday. Richard Patino talking about how recruiting has changed so different. Danielle Robinson, she's probably going to be a star on the Lynx team this year. She's been named captain. Wes Johnson, the uh, Twins new pitching coach, James Ross, and the new hitting coach, Hollis Kavner. I always wanted to talk to Hollis. And then Roy Smalley and Tim Cheetah. What a nice way to wrap things up. Thank you for your text messages, your one phone call. We will attempt to get back here next week and do it all over again. My goodness, do we still have another minute to go? We got, we got another minute to go. Okay, we've, we're on a funny clock. Remember, Twins game this afternoon is later. The Twins game is at 3.05, yeah, I believe, for, first pitch. Uh, and we were talking about that. We didn't really get a chance to talk about that much, but you talk about changes in the game. Well, how about this? Now they recognize that between social media and, and weather radars, they can change a game on the fly. We have no I, I, recollection. Have you ever remember this? No recollection of a game ever had, being changed, moved back the night before because of their confidence yeah. in uh, uh, in the weather. So uh, we uh, we will do this again next week. It's always fun to get this kind of lineup of guests. You are listening to the sport. Have been listening to the sports auto with Sid, Dave, and Mike. Listen to every MLB game live. The deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is gone. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. And watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field, it's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.